0: Welcome to Q&A Selling Online, with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand.
1: Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have with us Paulina Mason. She's a software developer and a serial entrepreneur. She's also a speaker. She has spoke at the AMZ Seller Summit, the Private Label Summit. Seller Sessions, European Seller Conference, and many more. One of her famous talks is the Pricing Strategies for Amazon Sellers, which was held at the Illuminati Mastermind. Here we have today with us, Paulina Mason. Paulina, how are you?
0: Hi, good to be here. Very nice to be here indeed.
1: Thank you. Uh, so Paulina, how did you get into Amazon?
0: So I became an Amazon seller when I started looking for new opportunities online. So, you know, online, all the businesses go up and down, up and down. So I was in a different niche before in doing SEO websites. But once we started getting the pandas and the, the, the things yeah. I started searching and looking around for other niches that I could jump in and I discovered FBA. Uh, so three years ago I became an Amazon seller and uh, since since i started it's been growing 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 and at some point i decided that because i'm a software developer in by the background Mm -hmm. so i decided that i need a profit calculator of my own so i started spending a lot of my time on on that as a side project and it sort of took over my life and now it's been Redone by professional developers we have a commercial product and it's called shopkeeper and it's It's taken over most of my uh, work working hours these days So I have someone else managing my Amazon business at this time.
1: Wow, so shopkeeper it used to be called uh AMZ ping is that what is it? What, yeah. What?
0: yeah. How do you know that? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we got a little bit mm, a slap on the back uh, from by Amazon because we wanted to be published on Amazon App Store. You know, in Seller Central there's this button App Store. Yes. So some apps are listed on it. So and we, we wanted it to be published on there and they said nope. If you have AMZ in your name or any orange color that resembles Amazon too much. We will not accept you. So I thought, okay, time to rebrand.
1: It's, it's incredible how how protective they are their brand. You know, uh, about a month ago, they contacted me. Uh, you ever heard of the Amazon influencer program?
0: No. So they contacted
1: they contacted me and asked me if I wanted to enter and be an Amazon influencer. I'm like, sure, I'll I'll, I'll do it. So I filled the information that they had. And they wanted to they wanted to have access to my Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and, and everything. And in most of my profiles, I mentioned Amazon SDA uh, because you know it's for SEO purposes and to be found. Right. And um, they denied me because on Instagram I had Quinn Amoram-Amazon FDA. So they said, um, yeah, for, for you to be allowed, we have to you have to delete that part. And so, <laughs> yeah, they are very protective. And you'd
0: have to change your username for that, right? So you cannot do it.
1: Uh, no, I, it was not. It was just on the on the name, not the username.
0: Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I, I did delete it. They accepted it, and then I just put it back.
0: <laughs> oh, great! So what does it involve this influencer program? Are you happy to be joining? Uh,
1: I I didn't do anything with it yet. I just joined, I was approved and what they do is they give you a, it's almost like a storefront with other people's products. Basically it's like you can have another storefront for affiliate products, right? Mm. You can have your own as well too. And then it's the Quinn Amor storefront where. Uh, any product that comes from there, they they will they will pixel the users. So any sales w- that come from those users that land there, I'll mm. get those commissions. And yeah, okay. I, I, I didn't even uh, do a store yet or anything. I I didn't have much time, but okay. I'll, I'll look into it at some point.
0: Sounds like a nice option for those of us who have a Shopify website as well. And we are trying to do like blog posts, you know, um, to get some organic traffic to my Shopify site, right? Mm -hmm. So I would promote my own Amazon products, but because I'm providing it as a list, like list of 100 best dresses I sell apparel uh, online. So uh, list of 100. So I have to feature other people's products as well. So I guess it's a very nice idea to... To have something like this available that you can link directly to Amazon page where all of them will be listed.
1: Yeah. So um, right after this, I'll, I'll send you the link, um, the apply link, and then you, you can go from there.
0: Oh, great. Thanks.
1: So uh, we're talking about Amz Ping. They slapped you for that. So you change it to Shopkeeper, and Shopkeeper is a very strong domain. So you... It wasn't just available at uh, at the register. <laughs> it
0: wasn't. <laughs> no. No, it definitely was not available just as well. But I did discover that this domain existed as a previous software which was about to get retired. So the owner was about to get retired. So he's owned it for, I don't know, 15 years and it was an old, old desktop software for managing shops, uh, you know, like for shopkeepers in yeah. retail stores, in actual land brick and mortar stores. Wow. So, and he was about to retire, so he wasn't doing with the domain very much and had a lot of like errors and red pages and that kind of thing. So his, all his phone numbers were disconnected and I knocked on all the doors. I was ready to fly to Texas and knock on his door and ask for that domain. I wanted it so badly. Oh. But eventually my VA, who is the best at finding people's emails and, and sneaky ways to find contact information, she knows somehow. So she found the sister of his son. Mm-mm, sorry of his son-in-law the sister of his son-in-law and that sister connected me to him eventually i got the domain <laughs> wow i was very very persistent uh, but i am very proud of his achievement so he he gave it over to us and we bought it from him and now i still get his old customers emailing us sometimes <laughs> asking what happened to the software <laughs> well, yes i love the domain too
1: what, what an incredible story. That, that domain, it, it is fantastic. And that story almost reminded me, I don't know if you followed that, um, that series, at Silicon Valley? Uh,
0: no, I no. don't. Is it, is it a podcast?
1: No, it was, it was a TV series about uh, okay. online entrepreneurs and software developers. In Silicon Valley.
0: Oh, one, one curly guy, the main guy.
1: Yes, right?
0: yes. 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 <laughs> I know.
1: They wanted to buy the domain Pied Piper and a, farm, oh, right, right. a farmer owned <laughs> it. So they had to go. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah.
0: Oh, yes, I remember those funny guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good series.
1: Yeah, it was incredible. So, uh, Paulina, you started developing the software yourself. And then, of course, you got a team because it grew. And uh, how, how big is the team now?
0: So we are five right now on the team. Mm -hmm. So we are still small, but for software projects, you don't really need a lot of hands-on, especially that our product is very... Non-technical, like we attract mostly non-techie users who are not so technically capable and don't like too much things in the software. Hmm. So just like they sometimes come from other competitors who have very complex, large software and they come and they say, I just need the simple numbers. (laughs) I don't want all these, you know, complexes. So we don't really need to handhold everyone who's onboarding with us. Therefore, the team doesn't have to be so big to to handle many users that we have. So we are still at five and I am being very careful in growing the company slowly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's intentional. So we try to intentionally stay as small as long as possible and then just only add additional team members as we need, like when it's really, we need mm-hmm. it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Very good. I, I think I'm a mixed a mix of both those customers because I like to see things simple, and and show me like the final results. But at the same time, I I like to be able to click on the results and show me kind of where they came from so I can go back. So it's a mix of, of both, I'm guessing.
0: Actually, Shopkeeper is sort of like that. You know, uh, on Shopkeeper, you have like three simple numbers, revenue, profit, and unit sold. Then you click on one of the numbers and it gives you more information. Then like there's a breakdown and then promos align. And then you click on the promos, then you have breakdown which promos. And then you just keep clicking and it just keeps expanding. Nice. I mean, all the data is still there, but it's, it's very... Uh, the way we try to design it is that it would be simple to, to understand and comprehend the data. Yeah,
1: that's the ideal. And that's exactly what I like. I like to be able to expand everything. Cool, cool. So one of the things you're most known for is pricing strategies on Amazon. I guess on outside of Amazon, they work as well. So let's talk a little bit about that because there's, you know, there's a lot of confusion out there and a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of people say things that they hear without testing and uh, you know the $24.99 versus uh, the 97 and, and another thing I want to know too is in the US $25 or more gets free shipping. Should we sell products for 24.99 when for one cent more our customer could get free shipping?
0: So let me answer the second question first. It's a very good question. Actually, free shipping is probably one little trick that every single listener who is now listening could just jump in and do. So go open your listings, like just click inventory, manage inventory to see all of your prices. And see if you are in the United States, if anything is just under $25, something like between $21 and $24 range, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have any prices in there, I highly recommend just raising the price to be $25.99, just a little bit above that threshold. So look, I had this dress for $20.99 and uh, I realized that the customer, when he's buying, he has to pay for shipping when he's not a Prime member. It becomes like $26.50 with the shipping for him. And suddenly I realized, hmm, so let me make it $25.99. I will get $5 extra profit. Customer pays 50 cents less <laughs> and gets free shipping, right? And Amazon puts me in their search results for the most popular feature in their uh, in the sidebar, which is free shipping box right Mm -hmm. so that's like the most popular thing that people use they just free shipping they want to filter out and then you appear in those results so you know usually my dresses make like five dollar profit per item so i increased the profit by another five dollars by doing that and customer gets a little bit better price and i appear in free search results like it's it's amazing it's a very very good thing to do
1: yes i mean i i love that i had one product uh Probably two years ago, and it was at 24.99. And one day it, it hit me, and like for one cent more, the client would get free shipping. So they are paying right now. I only get the 24.99 or 24.99 less fees, but they are still paying that plus the shipping. You know, another four or five bucks, or they have to go buy something else. Uh, so I, I did the test, and I raised the price, and the sales actually it did increase.
0: So yeah, definitely, at least number of sessions you do get more, just because you appear in more search results. So definitely that helps. Yeah. Absolutely,
1: mm-hmm. and so th- th- there's also a chance that the people that have the Prime membership, uh, they may convert maybe a little bit less because they already had free shipping anyway.
0: That is true, but this is just a little game that you play, right? When you're buying, in my case, I can talk from my perspective, right? When you're buying a dress, you know if it's 21 or 25, it's it's still in that range. I've, you know, there is this magic number that exists. I call it magic number. It's number 40. So that 40, whatever that would be US dollars, euros, or British pounds, if it's $40, they say that whatever you buy, if it's under $40, you don't even think you just spend it. But if it's over 40, like it's 42, Mm -hmm. then they say that you have to go and check with your wife or, or just think, two times about it. Right? So I think when it's 20 or 25, like it, it, for some categories, if you're not competing for the price so strongly in the buy box, you could, you could still play pretty safe without that raise and get additional profit, which you didn't even know that you could get. Right. Um, there's additional thing, you know, um, when you are setting your prices, like I'm setting my prices, I used to do, when I was a beginner, I used to just think in my own box. So there's this box of my own financial limitations box, so to say. So if I just make a little bit more than the average person as my own salary or my own income, I probably wouldn't spend more than... $25 $25 on address, right? So I would never even put a price more than $25 on the dress. So that's a, actually a big mistake to make. I recommend, highly recommend trying to climb out of your own financial limitations box and not think about just yourself when you are designing your price. Think about, look at your market, look at competitors, look at what exists right now, Uh, Is everybody being cheap, you know, in some for similar products? Is everybody being high luxury products? Like where can you fit in nicely and try to, you know, judge your pricing strategy from that, not from your own. Oh, I would never pay more than that much. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's going to be the price. So just back to your question, you said, what if the prime member, you know, he's 25, maybe he's going to be less likely to convert now. Well you may be surprised that the 25 was indeed still a very nice price for everyone else you know on that spectrum so sometimes it's good to climb out of that limit and try more expensive prices just to try and and very often they still work you know surprisingly with the same number of sales
1: absolutely and i love the fact that you mentioned our own personal uh, financial limitations or beliefs uh, because that affects so many people, and I, I personally was affected by that for a business that I have that's outside of Amazon, and I I am part owner of a kitchen cabinet company, and that's a physical uh, you know business. It's not, it's not online, and I I mean I, I was very limited for what I would pay for kitchen cabinets, but you know, I was thinking probably ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 and right. we barely sell anything that's under 20, the average is 22,000. Oh, wow. there's, there's people to buy $70,000 worth of kitchen cabinets. Right. So, uh, it, it was my own, it was my own uh, beliefs that were kind of slowing me down there. Uh, so it's, it's not an online business, but it's the exact same thing, right? It's what we believe we shall, We have to get out of that box. So that's fantastic. Yeah. And
0: it's hard to do, in fact. It's very hard to do. You keep thinking unsure, like, who's going to pay that much? You know, maybe I shouldn't. I'm going to ruin my rankings. You know, I'm going to lose in sales. But without trying, you will never make more, right? So you have to <laughs> take a leap of faith and, and try it, you know? just for a few days and in about four days you will actually see the the difference yeah. and if you see a dip after four days then just bring it back right so you know don't keep it for too long because that's also a little bit risky if you keep it for too long then amazon will see aha, uh-huh, less clicks less sales so less ranking for you right so you you don't want to be there for too long in that you know so, you want to bounce back as quickly as you can. So, probably four days is the maximum I would wait until that effect. And then I would see how it's doing after the price change. And uh, I mean, that's for high volume products. Yeah. So, you get enough statistical significance to actually judge quickly like that. Um, but, you know, that's what I would always do only take the best seller products and play with prices on those best sellers. Because, on the on the lower sales products, they are already pretty bad sales, so it's pretty slow. It's hard to sign- get statistical significance when you're testing it. you know. Yeah. So you cannot properly do a split test when you're selling only like five units a week or something like that. So all these price strategies and changes, quick changes are possible on best sellers only most of the time.
1: Exactly. And one uh, one tip I give to everybody that's listening is, don't just change things for three or four days and then change back. You actually have to measure the results because there's a lot of people that change things but never measure to see if it did work or not. They just trust, okay, this is going to work. And everything has to be tested. So make sure you measure your sessions before you do the changes, your conversions, and just measure everything so, uh, so you know exactly how everything is working.
0: Yeah, exactly. When I implemented those little tweaks on the pricing, on the pricing in the digits, which actually I didn't answer right, so I'll answer that ninety-nine and zero-zero in the end. When I did those tweaks, that's exactly how I did, just like you say. I went to business reports and I checked the number of sessions. So session percentage is what they call the conversion rate. Yeah. And so I checked that, and then I checked how it's changing without changing anything else, any factors at all, just tweaking the digits and the numbers and checking those high-volume sellers to see that it affects... Actually, I, I believe that it worked on mine. Um, still, to get 100% results, I would need a lot high-volume products of testing. So mm-hmm. I am very welcome from any sellers to contact me. If you want any testing done on your, uh, on your products with the digits, we, I can recommend you which one to ch- switch to in exchange that you would... Uh, give me the data. Did it work or not? Right? So just to see the the real effect. Very good. And yeah.
1: what do you what do you have you seen like uh, the 99 compared to 97 and the 00s? Zero uh, is there a big difference?
0: There is indeed a big difference between 99 and 00. Not so much between 99 and 98, 97. Well, why? Well, first of all, why do we even see those 99s everywhere? You know, go every shop and everywhere online, you just see 99, 99, 99. What is with that 99, right? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's very simple. You have twenty-nine, ninety-nine 99 or 30. So first one you read as 20-something and second one as 30-something. That's a big difference, right? So that's why the shops use the 99 just to appeal as as if it is better deal, some kind of bargain. And actually, psychologically, we became conditioned to that. It's nothing to do with our DNA or how we are born or how we perceive numbers, no. But just so much of seeing 99 gives us automatic impression that it's some kind of deal, bargain. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, deal and bargain very often means something lower quality, right? If it's very, very cheap and good deal, probably a little bit lower quality. So that's the whole difference where it comes in now. This 99 means, gives the impression of a little bit lower quality item. But when you put 00 at the end, you are implying that your item is more luxury. So now let's say everyone in your market, whoever is selling on Amazon, who's your big competitor has 99 at the end. So they're all playing like 1299, 1499 or whatever. So you'll be the one who is, you know, 1600 and you'll be unusual. You'll be zero, zero. I'm so used to seeing 99. Hmm, this must be something different. Seems like more luxury item, right? Mm-hmm. So it's you're, It's not a special deal, not some cheaper item. So it must be something better. So it, it somehow naturally is implying that it's a better item. And plus there is a play from the same thing, play on odd numbers and even numbers. Because 99, 99, so many odd numbers that you're seeing. So when you're seeing even numbers suddenly instead of odd numbers, then again, yeah. it's implied that it's something different, different, like more luxury than that bargain cheap item. So if you want to position yourself as a complete, uh, luxury item, you would use like four, two, like both even numbers, zero, zero, Forty-two zero zero mm-hmm. will be so much more luxury than you would use 41.99. Right? so you put same item next to each other 4199 silk sheets and 4200 silk sheets so the 422 will look like they are more luxury silk sheets you know so it's important to when you are choosing which side to play on bargain or luxury you have to first look at the existing market of who is next to you who's the players in your keywords and if if you're looking at the snapshot of prices, that's not good enough. You have to take the 10 harshest competitors and look at the historical range of their price, right? So don't yeah. just trust, I oh, have this guy 15 99 14 Okay, I'll be 15 also. It's not good enough. You have to go into let's say Jungle Scout or one of these apps and look at the history of those competitors' prices. And now you see IS, on average, he was $15. But this guy was actually 21. Right now he's doing some kind of promotion. So once you have all these averages put down on a piece of paper, then you know which one is, you know, if it's more bargain players, play the luxury kind, you know, if it's, if it's more of those more expensive, unique items well be the cheapest, you know, Mm -hmm. if they're all pretty much like some expensive high brand, I don't know. I'm always talking about dresses, but, it applies to anything like a knife sharpener, you know, they're all playing strong knife sharpener. Well, many people for the garage or for whatever, they just need cheap knife sharpener, you know? So be the cheap one then if everyone else is not. Uh, So it always depends on on the other guys as well.
1: That's so fascinating how human mind works, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah,
0: definitely. Uh,
1: So when it comes to dropping and raising prices, we can't just do whatever we want, right? Amazon has limitations. I've tried, uh, actually, I tried, to, for example, to to drop a price so low to get rid of it, and and Amazon, you know, red flag the product. They automatically turn off the listing, saying that the price was too low, right? So you have to go and agree. You know, I did it on purpose, blah blah blah. <clears throat> but the same thing happens when. Uh, you, you, you want to raise your price. You have to do it slowly as well, right? Or else you can be automatically flagged by algorithms.
0: Yeah. You know what happens that when I was a beginner seller, that happened to me a lot. You know, when I was deciding the beginning price, so my break-even would be at $15, let's say. And my goal price, like at 40% margin is $25. Mm-hmm. So instead of starting myself at like 20 or 23, I was very silly thinking that I will start at the bottom at break-even, get a lot of sales, and then I will raise it, you know? So I started at 15 And then, oh, it's going very good. After one week, I want to raise it to 25. And Amazon takes away my buy box. And to those new listeners who are listening, they're thinking, wait a minute. Amazon cannot take away my buy box because I am the only one in my buy box. I'm Mm -hmm. the private label seller. Actually, they can take, and I'm also private label seller. And they take away my buy box from me. I'm the only one there. Now, how it looks like is that instead of buy now button, you see suddenly... Uh, see all buying options button yeah. and the price is hidden. So that's what it means to lose the buy box. So it completely kills all your conversions once you see, see like you come as a customer and there's like no price and see all buying options. You just leave, you know. Uh, so it really doesn't help to lose the buy box. So I recommend to always start at the beginning a little bit higher up, you know, just closer to your goal price, like at 40% margin. And just... Because lowering down, Amazon lets you easily. You just lower, 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 no problem. Today, five times a day, you can lower it as much as you want. Maybe not too low, I don't know, but up to a certain point. But when you're going up, you cannot go up more by like a dollar in that price range or like next day, 50 cents, next day again, one dollar, next day. And you sometimes wait a week until they let you, you know, so you just keep, it's a game of very long game to put it back up and you can lose a lot of, potential from you know just having to deal with this
1: exactly and and by losing the buy box which it it all also happened to me uh another thing that happens is you automatically your ppc campaigns for that product they stop because uh you cannot run ads if you don't have the buy box so
0: right yes yes exactly
1: so automatically, that all happens, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not a good thing. then you have to you have to lower it again because I guess it's all algorithms and they work with um, averages and so it's complicated to arrive raise your price because we all do that. We want to launch very cheap so we can get all the sales velocity. and then when you when you finally want to go up to your selling price, now you're you're stuck. <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so be careful <laughs> with that, guys.
1: Yeah. So you 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 mentioned the 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 price point of below forty, which is an impulse buy of everything below forty. And right. how about above forty? Um, there's you know strategies for for products as well above forty.
0: Yeah, so when I travel the world talking about this topic, I get a lot of people... Not a lot, but quite a few came to me after my talk and asked me, okay, Paulina, but I feel like there is another step there. I feel like your 40 is just one, but my price is I sell furniture and they're around 100. So when I do less than 100, I get the same kind of little bit hesitant, you know, less conversions when it's over 100, then the conversion rate changes more drastically over that hump. So probably there are more steps up up there, you know, which I haven't personally tested because my price range is all under under $50 mm-hmm.
1: right
0: so uh, I would definitely say you're right there are more steps over there that you need to overcome so little bit struggles at each point probably 100 is the next one
1: yeah so uh, I that's something that I haven't tested either so uh, that's why I was wondering if it was like below the between the, the 99 and the 40 would be another step and that, I guess that all depends on what the product is and the customer too, right? Cause there's uh, there's different types of Amazon customers.
0: Exactly. There's, you know how Amazon started, they started as a bargain place. So they got a lot of these bargain hunters coming in there, you know, they scout the whole internet and find it. Oh, Amazon has the cheapest. Amazon has the cheapest. So have, they still have a lot of the audience which is that uh, methodical buyer, I call them, which do a lot of research. They, you know, before they buy any item that is over $40, they would you know, compare the prices and, and go and think and so on and you know, take a week to buy something. So those I call methodical buyers. And remember when I said you want to position yourself either as a bargain product or as a luxury product? Mm-hmm. So when you are a bargain product, you are targeting those methodical buyers. And the other side is the spontaneous buyer It's actually like me. I'm the spontaneous buyer. So I go there, I put in my keywords. I look at the pictures. Oh, this one will match my house. And then $10 difference, ah, whatever. <laughs> you know, i just, I am not that rich, but I still feel like I am not that picky on the prices. You know, maybe there is a threshold that I would be picky, maybe $250 over that. I would start being, being methodical more, but you know, so I'm the spontaneous buyer, and if you are selling something more of a luxury kind, I'm definitely going to be interested. So if you're selling those silk sheets forty two zero zero, you know, instead of twenty nine ninety nine, I probably will choose yours just because I like the shade of pink that you are, you know, mm-hmm. you have. So <laughs> definitely, these two types of buyers, you have to think when you are strategizing about your price, which one you are, you are targeting, which one you are dealing with. And again, it plays into the whole thing of how I said, don't stick in your financial box and don't frame yourself either with whether you yourself are spontaneous buyer or a methodical buyer, how like, just forget yourself completely and just look at what is available in the market, what competitors are doing and where you fit in in that puzzle.
1: Very good. Very good. So Paulina, before I let you go, let's, uh, let's bring up shopkeeper again and Tell everybody, kind of what uh, what we could find inside a shopkeeper. Is it just for you know for pricing to know what your profits and your costs are, or is there more?
0: So it's a profit mostly we focus on profits but we do show inventory velocity like how soon you're going to run out we're taking into account even seasonality for each product so we look at the last three years of your data and we know that in christmas you sell like crazy or maybe in halloween you sell more and then we show estimate the forecast for those you know exactly which month is your high season month but that is not the key in our business we try to focus on things that help you make decisions about your Amazon business. So you come every day to shopkeeper and you just keep it open in another tab and you're working. So the first thing you will hear is the tab pings, you know, makes a sound ping, you know? really? and then the tab changes the name. It says three new sales, you know, and then you click. And you see which three new sales just came in, right? <laughs> so if you are a new seller, you are so addicted very often to the just refreshing, refreshing, refreshing these stats, right? So instead of wasting your time refreshing, keep the tab open and it will refresh automatically for you every minute, you know? And then even it pings earlier than Seller Central shows, by the way, like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> because wow. their API is faster than themselves, they, they pull it. So that is the fun thing and in general you go to shopkeeper in the morning and you look at what are to do items for you so you see ah here something happened like a big red minus 500 yesterday on this item what happened then you check oh four refunds came my refund rate is over the limits you know and so you basically can find the problems in your business and you you can quickly make a to-do list for that day what are most important items for you to work on so that's the goal of shopkeeper to be the the analytics to help for you to decide what problems to work on, like manage by exception, so to say. So look at what is doing the worst and pick those bad guys out. That's what we help with.
1: Nice. And do you have a smartphone app for it? Or-
0: we, we don't, but actually our app is built in the way that it's responsive. So, you know, when you open in a browser on the phone, you open the app, uh, our website yeah. and then there is uh, uh, any browser lets you to save a, a thumbnail on the desktop on your phone so there's like save it to home page and then it just appears like an app button basically you just click that app button and opens the dashboard it looks just like the app <laughs> there's no difference right so just that way you can set it up and it's it's really nice
1: gotcha uh, the, the reason why I was asking was because in my early Shopify days uh, they had the cha-ching sound as well, right? So the app was always yeah, always running in the background. And when I first launched my few brands, I was not even on Amazon. Everything was outside of Amazon. It was Shopify, eBay, and a lot of WordPress. And, and when I got that cha-ching sound from Shopify, it was just so satisfying. But after a while, as sales start to grow and grow, too much. <laughs> the ching sound would go day and night, and it would be. Yeah, yeah. At first, be like this is so cool. I'm sleeping, and like like Manny Coates says, I'm sleeping, I'm making money, and it was <laughs> like that. It was
0: yeah. But after a while,
1: it gets so annoying.
0: <laughs> of you would turn it off at that point. Doesn't, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. Right. So, Paulina, I'll let everybody know. How they can find you, hear more about you, and uh, how they can, uh, of course, Shopkeeper, we know the domain, it's shopkeeper.com. How do they find you besides all these summits that you go to and all these conferences?
0: So you could just, on shopkeeper.com, I write a blog. And under each blog post, there is a link to my email or LinkedIn profile, so you can connect me to me personally there. If you have any questions about your pricing, if you want any consulting, mini consulting I could do for free, you know, just ask me about the prices. I actually have a surprise for your listeners before you let me go. Surprise is that, you know, our trial of shopkeeper is 14 days. And usually at the end of a podcast like this, you would expect, oh, she'll just give 30 days instead of 14. Well, no, I can offer your listeners 180 days free shopkeeper trial. And it's not a typo, it's not a miss pronunciation it's actual six months of shopkeeper trial for free to claim it you have to go to shopkeeper.com and you'll see a little chat bubble in the corner Mm -hmm. and type in all capitals stingray 180 so stingray 180 if you type it in in the chat bubble the assistant the customer support reps will know that you are claiming your six months trial and they will upgrade your account to be vip who gets six months free so that's just a special surprise for all of those who had the patience and be, were interested to listen until the end of this podcast. Um, enjoy.
1: Wow, that's incredible. Six months, Tolina. Wow. Uh, so thank you very much for that. I bet you everybody's going to be excited. So I'll, I'll I'll put the links on the show notes. Of course, it's easy to remember, shopkeeper.com. Then check in the chat box, Stingray 180, and you'll get Six months for free so uh, if you guys are driving don't go there right now pull over and then check it out if you're not go there right now before you forget
0: (laughs) indeed
1: be safe thank you so much you you are fantastic and um, we'll we'll stay in touch plus I'll be seeing you in every single uh, summit and conference out there so thank you for being here
0: Thanks for inviting me. Take care.
1: You too.